It was episode 68 back in 2019 when we started a new challenge to play all of the Metroid games ever made in order, starting with Metroid on the NES. Last time was Super Metroid, and so we've now fast-forwarded eight years to the release of Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy Advance. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Sefran. And today we are back with our continuing look at every single Metroid game ever. Yeah. We have done... What have we done so far? We've done the original Metroid on the NES. Yep. We've done Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. Yep. And we've done Super Metroid on the SNES. We also covered AM2R as well as part of the second Metroid. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. we wanted to sort of get a nice contrasting view between the old and the new, but not the 3DS remake version. Yeah, exactly. And so next, there's actually two games, right, that were released within a day of each other, you know, back in 2002. Uh, and that is Metroid Fusion and Metroid Prime. Yeah. And so we're going with Metroid Fusion first. I can't remember if we had a reason for that. I think it's just because just... this is technically Metroid 4. So yeah, this is sort right. of the, the canonical sequel to super metroid yeah i find that weird because metroid prime was when i was younger was the first metroid game i ever played yeah like metroid prime is kind of like a spin-off series yeah right? it is in a way. It's, it's almost completely separate like it very vaguely fits in the timeline yeah but very retroactively been and it's, sh- and it's, gr- gr- in. it's funny because that means that metroid fusion is actually quite an apt game to play right now because at the time of recording metroid dread has only just come out yes and strictly speaking metroid dread is a sequel to yeah. metroid fusion yeah yeah. so 100%. there's a 19 year gap between the game that we're playing now metroid fusion in which came and out in 2002 sequel, yeah. and its sequel in inverted commas which is metroid dread yeah kind of kind of nuts so yeah we're, we're we've been playing metroid fusion it came out on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, it was made by R and D One, you know, yep. the like internal internal team um, that worked on Super Metroid as well. And it, by and large, you know, it follows the same formula by and large as you know Super Metroid and Metroid Two in the sense that it is like a two D shooting. Yeah, it stays game. in the same Metroid formula rather yeah. than doing anything particularly different. Like, yeah. although Dread stays quite f- close to the original formula, the, mm-hmm. the you know the most recent game, it does deviate in lots of different ways. Well, like it takes mm-hmm. some influences from things like um, the the Return of Samus remake on the 3DS mm-hmm. and Other M on the Wii. Yeah. Whereas this is still very much classic Metroid as, yeah. as it was on the NES and the Super Nintendo. And actually, Metroid Dread also takes some influence from Metroid Fusion, and we'll probably talk about that um, when we sort of talk about some of the, like, hunting mechanics, if you like, or, like, running away from things mechanics. Yeah. But yeah, it's if you it was originally on GBA. If you want to play it now, your Good options luck. are quite limited. Yeah. Um, I played it on the 3DS because I bought a 3ds on launch and Mm -hmm. if you remember there was like nintendo massively slashed the price of the 3ds like almost immediately after launch which annoyed a lot of people who bought one on launch day so as an apology they made the like ambassador program that's right so you got what like 10 gba and 10 super nintendo games yeah like loads of free games basically loads of free like emulated games and one of them was metroid fusion so i played metroid fusion on my 3ds Uh, which is kind of crazy because like 
I kind of add that out to the notes, and um, that is a very rare way to play the game. Yeah, right, because because uh, not many people had the like. Oh, I guess plenty of people had the ambassador program, but you know, it's not it's not readily accessible. You can't no. dust off your 3ds and play Metroid Fusion unless you got it as specifically part of the had this program. program. Yeah, the only other ways to play it are you could play it on. The virtual console, the Wii U virtual console. Wii U virtual console, but yeah. But not Switch. So if you wanted to find out what happened before Dread, when you bought Dread, well, good luck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's it. You could like, yeah. I, I originally tried to play this game on GBA because uh, yeah. I still own my physical copy. I mm-hmm. own uh, two different GBAs. I own a regular one, like a classic, and I own yeah. a SP. Yeah. And honest to God, I couldn't. I just couldn't bring <laughs> myself to stare at that tiny screen. Yeah, it wasn't even the backlight that was the issue because the SP has a backlight, but yes, it was the just the tiniest it's of screens. So small. Yeah, you forget now that we are living in an age of smartphones with like five point five to six inch screens, right? Yeah, how small the Game Boy well, screen yeah. is. Yeah, it is ridiculously tiny. It's like the size of your smartwatch. Yeah. So in the end, I did give over and I ended up playing it on an emulator, which is yeah. fine because I legally own the physical copy. Yeah. Also, there's um, basically no decent way of playing it. It's funny, like it has a sleep mode, like the yes, like in the menu, and uh, the 3DS version behaves very weirdly with that sleep mode because when you play one of these ambassador games, it gives you a warning, which is like the three because the 3DS had a sleep mode where you close the lid and it goes to sleep. And it's like, if you close the lid on a GBA game, it won't go to sleep. Like the 3DS will just stay on, basically. Mm-hmm. But if you go into the menu in Metroid Fusion and activate sleep mode and then close the lid, it will go to sleep, which is really weird. And then you That's can cool. open the lid and the game is like, it doesn't really know if it's been asleep or not. It's kind of weird. Uh, kind of sort of, it behaves very, behaves very oddly. But anyway, it worked. Uh, there's also no restore points on the Ambassador Program games. So, you know, a lot of things like Virtual Console, you've got, you know, you can rewind. Yeah, uh, I save could not do that. Stuff. I could not do that. Um, so it's fortunate that there were more save points, or a lot of save points. Yeah, there this. were so plenty we'll of save points <laughs> in this game. Rather, So it wasn't as much backtracking if you died or anything like that. Yeah. I think another kind of interesting little quirky thing about the game to discuss before we kind of dive into our thoughts on things is that, did you know this came out four months later in Japan? Hmm, It came out in the West four months earlier in November, but didn't come out in Japan until February. Is that like now, a, some kind of cal- like release calendar clash? Maybe, or? but I would be more inclined to think that it was because they wanted to ensure that the Western version lined up with the release of Prime. Right. Because there was the, the two games interacted with one another. If you finish one, you could get some content in the other and vice versa. Right. And this was quite soon off of the heels of Smash Bros. Melee. Right. And again, you have to remember Smash Bros. Melee, the original Smash Bros., is a big reason why Samus even became a well-known character. Yes, like, of course. Not as much so as something like Ness, for example, which <laughs> yeah. was like... And, and Fire Emblem, for example, with Roy and yeah. Love. But again, I imagine the majority of people playing a gamecube probably didn't know who samus aaron was right like i never i didn't really like i no. kind of was vaguely aware of May, Metroid, yeah, but i've never played like, it so on, on the very periphery you'd know who yeah. samus was but like it's she's no mario and link in right, terms right, of right. notoriety and fame right so i'm guessing they wanted to try and maximize the option and the appeal of, of fusion to go along with prime and prime was being you know important because it was a very big gamecube game the gamecube had melee and so on and so forth could yeah. be wrong could just be entirely unrelated but also yeah. it feels like it should be somewhat connected yeah makes sense makes sense so 
I think the first thing that I wanted to talk about was sort of what I noticed right from the start compared to the other um, Metro games that we've played so far, which was there's like a lot of story set up in this. Yeah. There's There's a lot more there's so much more narrative um in this like it's not that the other games were completely devoid of narrative but either it would be like in the manual or there'd be like a little bit of setup at the start and then that's it whereas in this it was much more like so much more there's so many more words in this one you know you yeah. have like in this one you have like a your ship the ship ai effectively is like talking to you and you every time you go to a new area which is much more structured you you know you have like a brief you know conversation backwards and forwards with this with, you know with this ai um, about what to do next every time you go to a new area you get like some of the map downloaded uh it's you know that felt completely different to the previous metroid games uh where, which were much more like you're on your own you yeah. know and that was always a, a big part of those earlier games is like the feeling of like loneliness effectively or like isolation which you don't get at all in fusion so Fusion, although it is a direct sequel in terms of the story, does tell its story very differently, as you say. Mm, yes, it does. So even then, even at the very beginning of the game, it starts out with quite a lengthy prologue before you yeah, even play anything. Mm. Uh, like it explains what happens. So you get the the investigation onto SR388 again, yeah. with Samus providing like bodyguard duties to like some researchers. Mm. It seems a bit beneath the you know intergalactic bounty hunter but whatever um and then she sort of gets infected by the ex parasites and stuff like that and then you get taken to the spaceship the space station and i'm very much in two minds about it right because to some extent i really like the increase in sort of fidelity of the story like Mm. it's fleshing out the world a lot more than it has in any other games prior yeah they're they're trying to kind of put forward these different organizations like they they openly talk about the space federation right Mm. both good and bad terms they talk about sort of like the fact that they want to use metroids as weapons they Mm. want they talk about how they want to sort of weaponize the x parasites and things like that and there's almost a little bit of subterfuge going on there as well with like you know tricking samus into certain things etc which i like because it makes the metroid universe feel more real and lived in rather than yes. just sort of being a backdrop for samus to do cool stuff in right 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 but at the same time one of the things that definitely gets let down as a result of it and it's it's the thing that i think is the sh- the, the biggest shift between super metroid and, and metroid fusion is it loses a lot of its environmental storytelling mm. right like if you remember especially in the second game when we did that on the game boy the game so heavily relied on subtle clues in the environment to tell yeah. the story, right? Right. Like, oh, this is a water area because if you look, there's like a damaged pipe system above yeah. it and it's, oh, and it's kind of like, you know, become flooded and stuff like that. And that's because this is the power generation, coolant area and stuff like that. Whereas, although it's not to say that the environments in Metro Fusion aren't well designed to tell a story, they are still pretty good, but the game is so much less reliant on them that they're less important immediately. Yeah. Like, there's a few key moments that stand out to me that do a really good job of that. Like, for example, the, there's the bit in Arctic, the Sub-Zero one, right? Mm. Where, I think it's Sub-Zero at least, anyway, where you're going through this, like, huge room with a big glass wall behind you and there's, like, this weird thing kind of zipping around in the background oh, yeah. that you can't see. Mm. And then later on you go to that, back to that place and it's, like, broken out and, like, everything's destroyed and damaged. Mm-hmm. And so the environment's changed to kind of, like, yes. uh, reflect an event that's happened. But it still doesn't tell a great a lot of story because it, the, the game's AI, the, you know, the computer thing, kind of points that out. 
Yeah. And it, and, and it loses that little bit of like, oh, yeah, I get it sort of thing, you know? Mm. I agree. I think there's more of a... I agree that that's the difference. I personally preferred this style to mm. the earlier games. I sort of think what comes to mind, and, and this is maybe a bit of a dismissive way of saying it, but like Metroid Fusion feels like the first quote unquote modern Metroid yeah. game yeah, in yeah. the sense that like it feels more like a game feels today. Like Metroid Fusion could be released today and you would be like, oh, this is a game. You know, whereas if Super Metroid was released today, people would be like, it would it would feel out of place isn't the right word, but like there would be things about it that you're like, this is just not how games are I think are something anymore. like Super Metroid is, is a lot more indie than mainstream right. gaming, right? Which right. Is, I guess makes sense because so many games have taken very heavily influence yeah. from Super Metroid, right? But it's like that sort of feeling of like, this feels more like a, a, a game, you know, the fact that there is more explanation, there's more guidance about where to go. It's still got all of the like hidden paths and, you know, like even though it gives you a map, it the map is only like a, you know, a third of the actual area and stuff like that. But like, it feels, yeah, more like a, normal in inverted commas game yeah, which is yeah, not, yeah. you know there's a bit of a weird way of categorizing it but that was definitely how it felt to me playing it compared to the first ones which i definitely struggled with a lot more because i didn't have any nostalgia for them and i'm also reasonably unfamiliar with metroid games like i think there's also an element of this is now the what like fourth metroid game that i've pl- like fourth two, fourth 2d metroid game yeah. that i've played yeah, yeah so i'm also used to some of it more and it's funny like like things like i could remember that there was a wall jump uh and you know whereas in the first games like, like i was stuck for ages because yeah. i didn't even know wall jumps were a thing or that you can run it's like oh i can run yeah. <laughs> right exactly like all of that kind of stuff like i'm now used to by the time i get to fusion so that probably skews my thoughts about it a little bit like yeah. some of the mechanics just for me have like my my memory of them means that they just get out of the way a little bit whereas if this was your first 2d metroid game there probably would be loads of stuff that you'd be like wait you have to bomb the floor everywhere to like check to see (laughs) you know it still has all of that um but i'm now a lot more used to it um, which probably helps it feel more like a normal game one of the things that i quite like that they'd have changed into making it a more linear experience however Mm. is the way in which they've compartmentalized the different areas with the sort of the six biomes because right Although I do enjoy the ability to backtrack with other abilities and sort of go and find things that were hidden from you previously like that, I found it difficult in the earlier games. Like, Super does a relatively good job of it, but, like, the first two games are awful for this, where you just get lost so easily in where you need to be going next time. Fusion does a relatively good job of keeping you on track the whole time so that you don't endlessly spend time looking for, like, hidden things in the wrong areas because each area is kind of self-contained and then it tells you you need to go to this area next so you know that's where you're going to be. There's no, like, you know, like, in the earlier games, you've got areas that are through other areas, right? Like, it's like, you'll have, like, this area and it's like, well, you've got to get through this entire area to get to this area, right? And there's none of that because, yeah, there's, like, a hub, right there's like a hub area where you can you can go back to and you still even though like you say there are like what six sectors or something like that that are all these different biomes like you still revisit them you know it's not like once you've done one it's like oh you're now done with that sector you never no. are going to go back like you you do go to revisit them quite a lot but yeah i definitely also really appreciated that there was like a hub area right i could have done with less dialogue and less hand holding narrative mm. but I enjoyed the more 
segmented elements of the exploration more mm. i must say too yeah. i think a few, a few little contrivances i want to pick out on see if you kind of like picked out them and maybe you can mm-hmm. explain them to me from a story point of view right is if they knew that samus would oppose the research they were doing on the metroids on the station why did they send Met- uh, samus to kind of clean up the station in the first place right right yeah right like because she only she only just survived the whole thing with the x right and she's like yeah. got next to no powers available she hasn't got a classic ship anymore or a suit so why did they send Samus in to begin with? And then especially considering the fact that they knew the Metroids were there. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense why they chose Samus to go and do that, but whatever. Why were they so much less concerned about the X than Samus was? Like, she was very clear, like, they're going to destroy the galaxy if we're not careful. And mm. they were like, no, it'll be fine. Like, no, it really won't. You've lost control of the situation. <laughs> and then the big one that came up to me straight away, right, was... So she got this fusion suit, right, which is supposed to be sort of like a biological mesh of, like, her power suit and her own, like, genealogy now or whatever, right, her own biology. Yeah. How is Federation Data able to upgrade her biological suit? Yeah. It's like, I understand getting the the X-Parasites to upgrade your suit, right, because the X-Parasites have, like, copied the abilities of Samus' power suit when they infected it, right? Yeah. That makes perfect sense. I get that. No problem. But, like, you can download the ability to turn into a morph ball. Right. I'm sorry. Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And, like, if that was the case, right, even if you want to accept the fact that a biological suit could have, like, data to do things, right, why didn't they just wait until they developed all this research and give it to all in one go? Yeah, why wait until, why like send her down and then be like, okay, now we're going to, while, while you're gone, we're going to be doing some research and like, you're going to get, it is quite contrived. It is yeah. quite contrived. I guess they I always, get that they need it to be able to meter out the upgrades as always, right? Because yeah. every Metro game has to have the the relatively awkward period of going, taking away all of Samus's abilities yeah. again. Yeah, it's like, how do we find a way of removing all of Samus's abilities this time? And, <laughs> and I guess in fairness, this was a much more elegant solution to what they did in uh, Prime, if you remember, because in Prime, she hits her head <laughs> that's kind of right. what happens yeah. right she gets slammed against a wall that she loses all her friends yeah, yeah okay yeah. everything's um, offline yeah. but getting them back does feel a little bit odd considering half the data comes from the x parasites you beat yes which feels much more natural yeah it does and then like randomly having to go to certain data rooms to get information to do yeah. it i don't know it, it was just something that was like that doesn't make a lot of sense hang on a second yeah i guess they would have been better off just giving like you say like giving you everything via like mini bosses effectively yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah it's a good point i hadn't really thought about it because i guess i was just <laughs> suspending disbelief because i mean in the first games you're like you learn abilities by finding a chozo statue with but that a was it and that kind of made it. sense too right because you were <laughs> on a chozo homeworld yeah so it kind of made sense that there would be technology lying around that uh, sort of related to a suit that was given to you by them i guess so what was that magical little glowy thing that was being held in the statue left conveniently for samus to pick up well maybe it was like i don't know a piece circuit of board circuit board tree <laughs> a that piece kind of, of software it's a floppy yeah, disk <laughs> kind of but that makes sense from a power suit point of view yeah right yeah. when it was a piece of mechanical engineering whereas yeah. now it's supposed to be kind of part of samus's physical body mm, yeah. so anyway that's just me nitpicking more than anything else really um it one thing that get the game does do really well though i think is the use of the new suit the new fusion suit right adds some nice little gameplay elements to it so for example i really like how they utilize the x parasite as ammo and health pickups oh yeah yeah agreed i like because that as well one of the things that was always a bit like what doesn't make any sense like killing random enemies in the previous games gave you like little pickups well yeah that was just from like gaming days of old where like enemies gave you health and stuff like yeah that. but right there was no real reason for that to happen whereas now it makes sense that like killing the x 
morphed into something yeah. and then picking the ex up heals samus because she's sort of like part ex herself now yeah so that was cool i like i like the fact that they did that but also if you noticed it's a way of removing those ever respawning enemies that the games were doing in the previous games where because if you pick up the ex parasites nothing more respawns but if you mm. leave them they respawn themselves into another yeah. enemy there are also some they get creative with some of the puzzles right because there are some puzzles where you have to like let the ex parasite become something else yes. and then like turn that into something or like you know like freeze it for example or something yes, like that yeah, yeah. like there's a few kind of like really maybe almost too a little bit obtuse maybe too obtuse i don't know but like there's definitely some creativity with that whole mechanic like if they really go to town with it the only one that annoyed me in that regard actually that i remember being properly irritated by was towards the end of the game you get the the phase beam that can shoot mm. through your walls and stuff like that mm. and then you enter a room where you have to kill like these crawler things that can't hurt you because they're below the ground and if you kill them they spawn like a golden space pirate type enemy that right. you have to kill to be able to go past it but the golden space pirate can't be hurt from the front or with missiles you have to hurt it from the back with a charged beam shot now you've no way of knowing that you just have to guess yeah. right which is already a bit annoying but if you don't kill one golden space pirate the door out the room doesn't open to continue on with what you need to do so obviously when i went in there the first time i killed all the enemies but then i immediately grabbed the x parasites to stop them from spawning the golden space <laughs> right pirate, and then right. i couldn't go forward yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I went back and forth a few times going what on earth do i do so i had to look it up mm. because i was kind of collecting the x parasites before they had a chance to form into into something else yeah what i needed them to form into to then kill it and yeah. didn't know how to kill it either because i didn't figure out how to use a charge shot on its back yeah yeah so, no, you're so right. there was some little bit of like poor design decisions throughout the game mm. but for the most part the game's done a pretty good job of, of keeping things consistent with its design philosophy yeah agreed agreed i think like the other thing that i quite enjoyed the sort of addition of i guess was the rogue samus like the sax um because i think and this is what i meant about like the inspiration from fusion to dread because in dread you have the any the like weird little robot things that are like stalking you are they robots i think they're robots i haven't played yet so i don't know and uh, yeah me neither and like they are like stalking you and you have to hide from them or run from them and they're in certain areas and there's sort of that's part you've got that as well with the with the rogue samus clone sort of stalk you know hunting you and you have to you know it's it doesn't happen very often and they're quite like set pieces if you like yeah. but that's still quite a good you know it's sort of the first time i guess that you've got that kind of thing going on it's sort of much more cinematic right than, than previous metroid games in that regard i would have liked them to have made it slightly easier to escape the sx the first time you fight it though because or rather come across it because I died like three times just trying to run away from it because yeah, it hits yeah. like a truck. Right, like, right, right. I had like six or seven different energy tanks at this point, but yeah. there's nothing I could do was to, to, to get away from it other than cheese it. Yeah. Like I had to sort of like duke it almost and then make it go the wrong direction for a second and then right, run right, away. Right. And it still like space jumped into me and did like four energy tanks worth of damage in one hit. I'm like, yeah. good Lord. There's a particular bit that's really egregious actually is because you have to drop a power bomb or like a regular like morph ball bomb to be able to proceed while it's chasing you. But you know, those bombs take a few seconds to explode. Yeah. So you sit in there going, well, it's going to chase me in a second and it will hit me. So just have to hope for the best. And I did like yeah. several times just have to hope for the best. Yeah, that's But true. I get the idea. The idea was good. Just maybe some of the execution wasn't always fantastic on the, yeah. the SAX. Right. 
Exactly. There were other some really nice other game mechanics well, that I really enjoyed that I want to bring up was Samus feels a lot more agile, which is really yes, nice. Definitely. Like I really love the ability to use the ladders and the monkey bars to kind of move around. That felt mm. really good. And that's ledge hanging as well, just in general. Yeah, like, ledge hanging feels really strong. And yeah. the ability to ledge hang into a morph ball or ledge hang into a jump off of the ledge is really strong as well. She just feels so much more maneuverable and agile now. Definitely. I guess that's maybe to represent the fact that she's in the fusion suit but then at the same time i think they added that in like the remake versions of the later games anyway i think yeah i think it's just that they've just got better at making making games controls you know like and making it just feel more more tight really and just much more yeah like again sort of talking about my thoughts of it feeling like a quote-unquote normal game like it feels like the controls feel much more modern compared to um super metroid metroid 2 and and the first one i had and this is a completely my issue don't get me wrong, this is not the game's fault. I had a really weird problem with the emulator that I was running. Oh, yeah. I had the ability to sort of like accelerate the game. Right. If you held down the certain trigger, and I was using my Xbox controller to play it. And if I held down the right trigger, which is the one I'd uh, mapped to do uh, missile toggle, right. right, it would also speed up the game by 500%. <laughs> and no matter what I did in the settings, I couldn't seem to unbound that key That's specifically. Really and That's I didn't so want to use any other key because it just felt most natural to do that for the missiles, right? Yeah. So in the end, all I did was I, I turned it down so the acceleration did kick in, but it only kicked into one, like 100%. So it didn't do anything effectively. <laughs> so effectively, every time I pulled the missile trigger in that game, I was accelerating the hardware by nothing. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. For a funny little aside. Yeah. But I mean, speaking of uh, of the emulation and the game I, that I played, in fairness, it looks fantastic as well. Yes, um, it does. It like, aged, it's aged very well. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to play it on an, an emulator after I looked at that GBA screen, right? Was mm. the GBA hardware does such an amazing job of making something so simple look so nice, mm. but the screen is the biggest letdown. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the GBA, like it's at that sort of like, I guess like kind of golden age, like or like the GBA, GBA games are fairly timeless. Like it's still all sprite based. There's a little bit of like pseudo 3D stuff, yeah. um, sort of sprite scaling and things like that. But yeah, like there's enough colors and there's enough, just about enough pixels that it looks, it still looks good kind of thing. I was really impressed by some of the special effects in the game, like with the mm. explosions and the warping and sort of like the yeah. the way in which the X sort of like, you know, undulate around. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a really nice looking game. They've done a really good job of making the game very timeless looking, like you say, like the fact that this came out nearly 20 years ago yeah you wouldn't think it you, this could no. be a modern indie game no question yeah it could you be. know without any issues at all i felt like it sometimes struggled a bit with the small screen and i don't mean like physically small but also in terms of just resolution and like yeah. the amount you can see around you is sort of like not it's not as bad as the as metroid 2 on the game boy obviously but like it's somewhere in between right yeah, like it's it somewhere in between the snes and the game boy and it would I would definitely rather it aired on the side of SNES. More well, the than difference Game Boy. is as well is that in the case of, say, Metroid 2 on the Game Boy, they almost utilize that to your advantage by making it feel very claustrophobic. Mm. Where, I don't know, Fusion doesn't feel claustrophobic, even no, though it's supposed it to be sl- slightly more horror inspired. Like it's got that sort mm. of like tension of, of being stalked and stuff through these yeah. hallways. But the game is kind of relatively bright and sort of vibrant looking in terms of its color. So there's not mm. a lot of claustrophobicness to it. Yeah. So that more zoomed in feel maybe doesn't work quite as well as it has done in the previous games of, of the, the Game Boy Advance version. The, the Game Boy version, sorry. Especially felt it with some of the boss fights, you know, yes. where you've got like boss fights going on and you're like, I just can't see a lot. And yeah. it's that it's making the boss fights unnecessarily harder or just 
not feel like you, you you know you're that in control of what's going on some of them do a good job like there's the one where you fight the the nightmare the floating gravity thing mm. that's not so bad because yeah. he's always on screen right yes right and right, there's right. not actually a lot of space to move around him but there's enough that you can see everything whereas yeah. the one that stands out to me as being awkward because of the size of the screen limitations was the one where you fight like the the water monster that's kind of yeah. like leaping out of the water all the time yes because you exactly. can't see where it is you you sort of just have to just wait and just guess it's, it's pattern, just guess. Pattern, but like learn its patterns and yeah. it does have a pattern but yeah you would rather be able to see it and react rather yeah. than just sort of staying in one spot if that was fully zoomed out right and you could see the whole area yeah. that you're fighting in it'd like, be a much more enjoyable fight yeah exactly but with all that said they they still make the game look fantastic like mm. samus isn't too big in the screen that she's like no. you know taking up the whole thing like she does in the first one to try and yeah. keep um her looking like an actual thing rather than just mm. blob pixels yeah but at the same time like you've you've got a nice like environment mm. to look around the enemies all look really nice and distinctive yeah. and you can tell what they're supposed to be and stuff like that so I also, and this might be a bit of a take between the two of us, I don't know, I actually quite like the style of fusion, right? I like the more high-tech, sleek look of the, the mm. interiors of the shots and everything mm. like that. And Samus's fusion suit looks really cool. And, yeah. you know, everything sort of has this really nice sci-fi look to it rather than sort of like that dystopian sort of like grungy cyberpunk look of the previous ones it's kind of interesting isn't it because again it feels a bit contrived like that this station is a station for observing things right and so that's why they have all these different biomes like a uh, ice and or whatever and things yeah. like that but you're still on a space station and that's kind of because because all the previous games have been based on planets and this is the first time that you're on a space station and like, yeah, the environments definitely look great. And they've sort of got that bit of a blend of like a little bit space station-y, you know, a little bit like mechanical and a little bit organic, which I think I quite liked. I, like, I don't know. I, I guess it was perhaps a bit controversial at the time, but I think it worked. Yes, I, think yeah. they, I think they pulled it off. So, yeah, I think in general, like the game does look really great. Um, and I like and I also I do like the style of it. I'm not sure about the music. Uh, no. I, I didn't really feel like the music was any good. Um, I like I and I don't know. Like there has, it's been a mix anyway. Like I think Metroid Two like was like was very whatever. And I'm not sure that maybe just the music the music in Metroid games is just not my thing. And I've never liked it. But this was not. Th this did not have any standout musical feel for me. No, it doesn't. And. I've said uh, one of the things to put in my notes is that you're unlikely to be humming this music like you were from, say, <laughs> some Super, right? Because there's right. some tracks from Super that you can run. And, and then my little, like, quote below that is there's no fusion music in Smash Bros, for example, right? right that kind of yeah. tells everything that you need to know. The yeah. thing is, I think the music in Fusion actually does a good job of building atmosphere and tension. There are, because yeah. there's some really good moments where, like, the music will shift and it will yes. go to sort of, like, very tense and very... Agreed. There's, there's, like, some really good moments where, like, the SAX turns up and you get like, these very right, sort right, of, like, right. high-powered string music going yes. on. So, yeah. Oh, my God, a very tense sort of thing. Yeah. And then they get the, the really sort of, like, energetic, like, you know, scenes where you have, like, timed things to do something. Yeah. The station blows up or whatever. But... In terms of like memorable music to enjoy, yeah. no, it doesn't really have that. There's music no is much more music. there. To, no, there isn't. It's 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 more there to serve the purpose of the experience as opposed to yeah. an enjoyable element of the game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think you're right. Like it almost, in some ways, you do almost like you do need to play. It, you do need to be able to hear the music because it does like the tension bit bits where their attention is driven a lot of it is driven by the music but i wouldn't say that the music itself 
is any is sort of like stand out as it no. is it's just kind of like it, it's it's integral but not necessarily good <laughs> i tell you what i will say though is that one of the things that i noticed on the small amount of time that i played on my gba and then in fairness even with the headphones on one of the emulator mm. the quality is really good mm. like considering how tiny those gba speakers must be or mm. speaker singular i guess um it's surprisingly good quality for such tiny yeah. underpowered hardware the gba had pretty good like i feel like the gba had a pretty good sound like engine like there's even voice very very like the like yeah. announce the like uh, alarm announcement or whatever is actually is is a is like a little voice sample which is surprisingly good quality like yeah like the gba it was it was definitely a cut above the snes in terms of despite because i always think of the gba and the snes as being roughly equally powered yes, right because yeah. cause you had so many snes games that were remade on the gba so but but one area i think where the gba was a lot better than the snes was in terms of like the music that it could drive and you know the the ability to play samples i think there was a lot more uh there were a lot more tracks you know a lot more different sounds that could play at the same time on the gba yes, it yeah. still wasn't digital they it still synthesized it still generated tracks you know where there are like certain you know sounds and they're being played in a certain way and like all the notes are like described and that's how the music will be like chiptune style yeah it's um, actually being played music. as opposed to being repeated right exactly it's not like a recording that's just being played no. back to you um but you know yeah there's a lot more scope for a more higher fidelity sort of like synthesized music uh, one thing i will say about the sound as well before we move on mm. is that the i think the, the game does a fantastic job of using sound effect to its advantage too like the enemy cries have quite distinct sounds to them mm. so you can use the sounds to sort of telegraph things i guess you right. could say like for example the sound of the x moving and then forming yes. is quite distinctive so even if it's happening off screen you know that the x you know is sort of happened. forming into an enemy for example yeah that's true and some of the sounds of the boss these makes like mean that even if you can't quite see what's going on you know what's happened and yeah yeah like i think they use a good a good amount of sound effects to make the game easier to play effectively yeah, yeah agreed um is there anything else on your notes before we sort of wrap up not really. That's about no. everything in terms of like the the main bulk mm. of the game. I I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, and mm. I am coming at this with relatively rose tinted glasses too because I this was my first proper Metroid game because right. I okay. played Fusion slightly before I played Prime. Like like you, these are my first Metroid games, uh, mm. but I very distinctly remember getting Metroid Fusion on like the day it came out, like the day right. before Prime came out. And I just sat and played Fusion like all night long. Um, I remember being absolutely obsessed with it. So yeah. I was worried that going into this, because the previous games, I didn't actually have any rose-tinted opinions of them. Yeah. I played the games before, in fairness, like especially Super Metroid I played before, but I played them when I was older. Mm. Whereas this one I played when I was like, you know, quite young and it had just come out, etc. So I was concerned that I was going to mm. like be let down. But yeah. other than a few small areas where like, for example, I think we disagree on like the way in which the story was presented. Mm. I think it's an absolutely fantastic game. Yeah. And it's I a think, shame it's just not more readily available. I I think I agree entirely. Like this is I think this is a like a great game even by like by modern standards. Like this is a good game. Like for me this has definitely been the the better of the of the games that I've played so far mm. just because it does it feels more accessible right compared to the end especially compared to the first game the game boy game as well like and and so some super metroid's like getting there but the three of them felt relatively inaccessible yeah. to like, kind of old outdated ideas right, yeah to like people who would be playing a game now and 
I think there's an element of the fact that now I've, this is my fourth Metroid game. It feels yeah. more accessible because I know so much more about how Metroid plays. And I'm aware of that. So so, so maybe if this had been the first Metroid game we'd played, I might not be saying this. But if, I think but sort of if even take discounting what I know about Metroid, I think this is still the most accessible and thus for me feels like the better quote-unquote better of them i guess that makes sense when you consider the fact that something like am2r right. has a quite a very similar feeling to fusion agreed right? yeah exactly a hundred percent hundred percent i'm i'm really it, it makes me interested to play dread yeah because same. It, you know knowing that people have said you know there's a lot of inspiration from fusion like it really does feel like dread is is a sequel to fusion yeah, um, directly, and, and yeah. a 19 year delayed sequel <laughs> you know that that's really interesting because i did really like fusion and and so it makes me more interested actually where previously i was like i don't think i like side-scrolling metroid games i'm not sure i'm gonna get dreads that was based on playing one two and three and, yeah. and super like now having played fusion i'm like okay yeah like actually i probably could pl- you know i could play another one of these yeah interesting interesting it was, it this was good. is our first game club where we've agreed on a few Metroid games, i'd say <laughs> yeah right because... um, in the past we've had pretty differing opinions yeah. on them, but yeah I, I think for the most part we uh, we agree fusion yeah, is just a, a really good fun game and you should definitely check it out if you have any interest in the metroid franchise at yeah a hundred percent i feel like this is the easy one to check out if only it was more accessible yeah. like the only way you're going to be playing this is via an emulator <laughs> it's a shame that it isn't more readily available on yeah. 3ds at least like it's a shame yeah. you can't just sell it on the 3ds marketplace yeah. but i well, guess wait, that's the whole all point now, i think i don't think you can even use it well even even harder for a way then I, I guess maybe a re-release on switch is just the only way on to switch. do it then yeah, yeah just put it on switch um like they absolutely could do that i don't i don't see why not 100 percent. they could have made it as a it could have been a bonus thing on dread you could have had you could have yeah bundled I, in I mean in Fusion. fairness they did that with uh prime if right. you finished fusion no if you finished prime and then linked it to fusion i think you could play the original nes version right 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 on the car exactly. which exactly. is pretty cool so yeah. you could do the same thing again right for dread for yeah. fusion yeah um but speaking of uh prime that's going to be our next one yeah um, although canonically not the next game in the franchise now for us um mm. it is the next game in terms of release and yeah. the next game that we played so we're going to go into the prime franchise of games now yeah also, another one that's not super accessible. No, no. I'm very fortunate that at some point in my life, I purchased the Metro Prime trilogy on Wii U as a digital version, which I think I bought it because it was like heavily discounted yeah. at some point on their store. And I was like, well, it'd be ridiculous not to buy it because yeah, it's three not? Metro yeah. games, you know, Metro Prime games. And the trilogy itself, like the, the which was a Wii game, right? The Metro, Metro Prime trilogy. Uh, is not easily accessible to buy. Like it was, they, they didn't sell that, I don't think they sold that many units of it. It's quite expensive to buy secondhand because it's quite, it's turned into a bit of a collector's Reasonably item. rare, yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that I've got a digital copy. I'm going to have to dust off the Wii U. When we started playing Metroid games, I checked, right? When we, when, <laughs> when we started this this whole thing, I fished out the Wii U because I was like, I'm sure I own the trilogy and it is still on there it's still sat on the on the wii u's like you know storage or whatever that's good you know i can load it up so that is going to be the way that i'm going to play through the the trilogy 
Well, I'm sitting at my desk now and I can look across to my games and I can still see my physical copy of Metroid Prime in the GameCube case. Nice, nice. However, I don't have a GameCube. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My mum has my GameCube, so I might have to go around and go and collect that. Might have to go and pick that up. Yeah. Um, That's funny, Uh, isn't it? But otherwise, I don't know how I'm going to play it. I don't know if there's good GameCube emulation. I guess, yeah, I don't know. Like Wii U emulation for the Wii version or, or GameCube, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, it's gonna. It's becoming a little bit trickier, right? Yeah. Uh, it's sort of that middle point where, like, we haven't got re-releases. Like, if you think about the Switch, like, what have we, on the Switch we've got, like, the SNES. We've now got yeah. the N64. But, like, you're not, it's not quite there to do GameCube. You can't just emulate GameCubes easily on, no, not really. like, the Switch generation hardware. It's sort of that era, you know, same with, like, PlayStation 2 as well, to some extent, like... These are not easy consoles to emulate. You know, they no. were quite complicated. Well, the games were very yeah. reliant on the hardware specifically, weren't they? Right, like, right. That's why, for example, running a PlayStation 1 game on the PS3 and 4 was super easy because it was just an emulation. Yeah. Whereas with a PlayStation 2 game, a lot of the time these games required very specific elements of hardware to yeah. run. And the GameCube was a very unique beast as well yeah. on the internals. Yeah. So emulating these games is not the easiest so re-releasing them is quite important yeah but i guess nintendo are still holding on to that card for now they could have done they could you could easily re-release the metro prime trilogy as a switch game compendium thing you know maybe that'll come up at some time in the future hopefully because it's a shame because it's a franchise that nintendo just hasn't given enough love and care to over the years definitely not i mean it's nice that we had things like the metro prime trilogy but i feel that was probably less nintendo and more retro studios yeah guys that made prime in the first place yeah and i don't even know why they made dread i think dread was one of those games where like the guy who made them i can't remember the director's name i had it written down um yoshio something or other um, I think he probably just kept pestering them, going, let me make another Metroid game, let me make yeah. another Metroid game. They're like, no, you made M and it wasn't very good. No, 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 I tried really hard this time. You know? Bless You're not him. allowed. You're not allowed. allowed. Stop, stop it. Y- Yoshio Sakamoto, that's his name. Right, yeah, yeah. But we'll get to other M as well, because that's going to yes. be uh, an interesting discussion. I I've imagine. never played. Have you played no, other M? No, I haven't played it no, either, no. but I'm aware that it is very controversial that's probably going to be tricky as well that's probably hard to find yeah Um, we exclusive yeah that's going to be a tricky one but we'll see but until then we will go for other metroid games in the future but i've been saffron and i've been gelada and catch us again for another episode of fm very soon Again, right. like you, these were my first prime fusion. Like you, these were my first. <laughs> <laughs> these were my prime first fusion, fusion games. games. These were my first prime games. These were my first Samus games. No way. Yes. Wait a second. <laughs> we'll get that.
Thank you.